and welcome to Into the Hexadome. Uh, this is Jonah and I'm with Jason. Say hello, Jason. Hello, hello. Okay, and today we're recording the first of two episodes, uh, which was put to us by people on the Discord, uh, the previous Into the Hexadome Discord, that's now just called the Aristea Discord, that they'd like to hear. So we're looking at bottom tier, if you like, Aristos, and top tier Aristos. Um, I think we should preface that beforehand with saying that generally Aristea is, you know, a very balanced game. I think we're generally in agreement that uh, there's no Aristos that are completely useless. Well, maybe one that we'll get to today because we're, we're going <laughs> to look really close. We're, we're going to look at the uh, we're going to look at the bottom five today, uh, and based on some statistics that have been provided for us. Um, these are reflective of, of the Spanish meta rather than the worldwide meta, but that is the biggest one. We're going to be looking at Corey Green, Shona, Merce, Hippolyta, and Boucher, um, and having some discussion over them, why we think they're just a little bit below the curve and what we think can be done to improve them. And in, in, in at least a couple of cases, how you can maybe play them out of that poor position. Um, there's at least a couple of these where I think that the issue is more with the way people are playing them than it is um, with their actual effectiveness in the hexadome. But we'll get on to that. Yeah, I think most of them probably suffer from the fact that there's just other Aristos that do the things they can do just a little bit better, um, which I think we'll get into our, our discussion. Uh, another thing that I would say is a very easy and quick podcast would be to say, well, you just take Hannibal with them and that will make them all better. Um, but that isn't really an answer uh, to how you fix something if, if you think it needs a bit of a, a change. Because obviously, Hannibal can go with all the top Aristos and kind of dial them up to 11. So he shouldn't be required just to, to make some work a little bit better. And some of them, even when you run Hannibal with them, still, no matter what you do, are not just not great. I think I might know who you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, but to start with, shall we? Uh, we'll start off the discussion with Corey Queen. Sounds like a great place to start. And I'm going to let you mostly lead this one, Jason, because you've played uh, quite a lot as uh, as Mr. Panoshiana, and uh, I've actually played against you with her a couple of. Well, well, you've used her against me a couple of times, quite effectively, actually. Uh, she can be good when she she does her thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think Corey Queen is probably, despite being one of the, like, literally, clearly least favoured Aristos in the entire world. Like, um, Corpus Belli's own statistics puts her in the bottom five of um, pick rates. She's consistently in the bottom five of the Spanish meta pick rate. Um, Corpus Belli themselves select her as a cheap four-point Aristo if you're going with the um, points by manager mod. Um, for running a league and she just doesn't seem to be well perceived by um, players generally speaking now I think there's a couple of things that feed into that um, there is a bit of an issue which I think we should acknowledge up front with multi-purpose aristos um, generally speaking and and this is a this is a thing which you see come up again and again in any type of board gaming or wargaming there's a real tendency to go for really efficient hyper specialists mm -hmm. and yeah it's like it's 
when you look at the certainly most of the top picks and we'll have we'll have that conversation another night but certainly most of the top picks fall very firmly into that category hyper efficient super focused specialists at one aspect of the game that they just do better full stop better than any other aristo um and if you can build the team right to support one another then that's all you need and so i think that there's a problem in that generalists or aristos with more than one strength often get overlooked because they are aristos with more than one strength mm-hmm. now most people at first glance look at Corey queen and think oh look a ranged striker because boomerang throws a lot of dice um and it's a three energy attack with a good range um two to six um and the problem with Corey queen is that that's it she's rolling a reasonable number of dice um a red and a blue and two yellows is is a is a solid attack um not a lot of those those dice so yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's not actually going to generate that many successes a lot of the time. And on top of that, she doesn't have anything really to back it up. She's got no switch which allows her to cancel shields or in, other way, in some other way to deal damage, whether that's by imposing fire or by imposing poison um, or any of the other ways um, in which other Aristos um, get by. And she also isn't great at deploying states onto her primary target. Sure, she can use bounce um, to then hit someone else as long as there's another target within um, range one to three. What's but the thing is, oh, no, 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 it's uh, the switch. Oh, one to three, sorry. Yeah, yeah, the switch is one to three. But there's um, a site, which is nice. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, now, at the same time, she does relatively reliably deal little bits of damage here and there, and she can quite reliably take out um, less tough Aristos, especially because with Bounce being in action and Bounce being able to deal damage without any defense being rolled, um, that, that ability to deal damage while bypassing defense completely can often be quite useful for finishing people off one way or another. Yeah, but yeah, the, the like thing, Luna. yeah, exactly, uh, exactly like Luna. Um, and the the thing with Corey Queen though is that she's actually super mobile. Um, it people see her movement four, and I think a lot of people who would otherwise favor her as a highly mobile Aristo miss the fact that between her agility, which is excellent, and also has a strong chance of firing her general switch. And her general switch, which allows her to displace herself, um, plus imposes hidden on herself. Um, she's actually quite mobile, especially when you take into consideration that she's throwing a lot of yellow dice during her turn. Um, I quite often, between a boomerang attack, which is throwing two yellows, and then especially if I can also get a bounce off of it, which will throw another yellow, I can often quite reliably get two or three displacements off of a single attack to then be able to move either into another position or go into score. And while she'll end the turn exposed, 
because her ability to become hidden fires at the beginning of her round, and then whatever hiddens she's picked up during her action will flip. People need to kill her straight away. You're usually only going to get one shot at Corey Queen, because if that first shot misses, she's almost certainly going to fire that switch on her defense, because she's got an automatic special, and she's rolling another yellow dice on her defense. So she's very likely to impose hidden on herself and displace in response to any single attack. All of that taken together means that if you approach Corey Queen as a scorer slash striker with some debuff as well, and play around making use of that breadth of ability um, because she's throwing out stunned uh, sorry yeah she's throwing out stunned and she's doing relatively decent amounts of damage though admittedly spread across a couple of targets and she's got decent movement and is hard to pin down she can be a solid choice the problem is that Getting to the point where you can take advantage of all of that requires you to put some time and effort into thinking about how that's going to work, thinking about the synergy with other members of the team that she's going to benefit from. And yes, she does definitely 100% benefit from running with Hannibal, but she equally benefits from running with someone like Larksme or with um, someone like Eclipse, um, especially Eclipse, because Eclipse, well, Cory Queen will end most of her turns with a face-down um, hidden state on her. And if Eclipse can then just flip that straight back over, um, Cory Queen becomes very, very difficult for other teams to deal with. Um, she can actually work really, really well and has a lot more um, flexibility and capability than people often give her credit for. Yeah, I think something you, you picked up on there is the way that she can <clears throat> combo well with other Aristos. And I think that's kind of one of the key difference to some of the Aristos we'll talk about next time. They're kind of top pick who just mm -hmm. be in any list and they can just do well on their own. They're just absolutely solid choice. Whereas I think a lot of these kind of less picked ones, so maybe the ones that are a little below the curve, like you say, need a bit more work and often need to be taken in combination with other Aristos. And I think that's what really hurts them is that, you know, forcing your hand in your team construction a bit, the potential if you're playing the Corey Queen mod or if you're playing the Zlabin mod or even the Victor mod that one of your key pieces that supports could get locked out um, just makes them tougher choices, I think. So what do you think needs doing to Corey Queen to... to just push her up a bit, make her a more viable choice and see people just pick her a little bit more. What changes would you like to see on the card? I think for me, I'll throw one out there is I would just have her a bit like Dart. She just can gain hidden at the end of her activation. Now, whether that is, whether she can get it at the start and the beginning, I, I don't know, because obviously a lot of her abilities come from being hidden to start with. But the fact that she is really vulnerable before and after she activates if she because she doesn't have that hidden state you know she her defense is pretty poor i think she she's very easy to kill yeah i'd probably be taking making making i mean i'm almost the wrong person to ask right because i i quite like her as she is um i think that the ability that allows her to gain hidden has been unnecessarily restricted um it, rather other than dart rather than dart who gets her hidden as long as there's no one adjacent um cory queen only gets it if there's no enemy characters within one to three and i just 
I think that's unnecessarily restrictive. Um, I'd still be handing out the hidden at the beginning of her turn because I think that that's an interesting difference um, from Dart for, for a direct comparison to another character that leans into hidden very heavily. Um, but I think I would change the wording to the same as Dart. Um, so get, she gets the hidden at the beginning of her action step in her activation if there are no enemy characters adjacent. Um, and then I think the other thing would be to to slightly help improve her defense while at the same time also leaning heavily into her um, her switch as a main component of her defense. Currently, she's a blue, a yellow, and a special. Um, I would make that a blue and two yellows because um, it slightly improves her um, chance of rolling some shields while also giving her a good chance of a very good chance of still firing the switch. Okay, so so slightly raw stats. Do you think uh, a similar switch to Legong and to Dart? Um, I think it's worth mentioning Dart almost came into this episode today. She was she was the kind of sixth choice that uh, we ended up not talking about. Um, yeah, um, you, we very easily could have as well. Do you think a similar ability to Dart, where you know a shield, to, uh, a switch with a shield that cancels a shield, or maybe a sh maybe for Corey, if she throws so many yellow, uh, maybe she has another switch with a shield and a special allows you to cancel uh, an enemy shield, just to up her offensive ability a bit, or do you think that might push her too far up? Um, I, it's funny. I I wouldn't. I don't think actually that that's the direction she should move in. Um, I think that rather than um, giving her an ability like Legong and Dart to cancel shields or like Mashashi just to straight up add extra damage, um, I think I would be tempted. So there's there's a misprint on her card, which is almost infamous at this stage. Bounce says impose the dazzled state to the target, but it has the symbol for stunned and it's supposed to be stunned. Um, I think what I would actually do is introduce Dazzled into Boomerang, um, probably as a switch, um, and possibly as a switch that sacrifices a success, um, because then she could directly deal, for, for the circumstances where she is throwing a Boomerang at a tougher target who's just going to bounce the damage um, with shields, yeah, she would have something to do with the success or two that she's generating to dazzle that target and then get off her bounce, hopefully on something else. And I think that would make, I think, having that ability um, to to deliver a dazzled as well as the potential for delivering stunned off of bounce would help to make her a little bit more, a little bit more, basically, just full stop, um, and add to her repertoire. Um, rather than leaning too heavily into the striker aspect, which I think is the thing that I think the key to playing Corey Queen well is accepting she's not actually really a striker. Oh, hello. Hey, sorry. I think we lost one another for a second there. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, yeah, you did just go for a minute. Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, some more states. Uh, someone who I suspect we'll probably talk about next time is is Lei Gong, and I think having a, a character who another character who can give out dazzled, um, which makes Lei Gong very sad. Um, 
certainly might uh, increase the pick rate of Curry Queen. Um, just a shout out to the app, actually, because I'm looking at the cards on the app and the app has fixed that uh, stun dazzled mistake. Um, oh, so nice. would say if anyone doesn't already have the Aristea app, uh, I know it's available on the Android store. I'm not sure about if you've got an Apple phone, if it's available on there, but but the app is, is super good. So I would, uh, I would recommend that. It's funny, I'm looking at the website and the mistake's still there on the website. <laughs> well, okay, so uh, I think probably move on because I think maybe trying to talk about all the tactics as well is, is going to turn this into too long of an episode if we did that. Uh, I agree. I think we can mention them where they're relevant, but I think the only thing to say for Corey Queen is her tactics are fine. They're not. like they're, None of them are game probably game-defining tactics, but her tactics being bad is not, I think, what's hurting her here. No, I think hidden in the sand is a really good tactic. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's yeah. They just play into that sort of overall madness of her, of her, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next Arista that we want to talk about today. Uh, another legendary Bahadur. Is that how you pronounce it? Indeed. And and we're going to talk about Shona, uh, and I think. This is the one that we think is probably the only Arista in the game that we think is really actually quite rubbish. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a confession here. Um, I committed to playing two of our recent online tournaments using Shona, um, and I I wanted to give her the right old college try. I wanted to get Shona to the place that I have gotten Corey Queen to, where I can use her confidently and get get outcomes out of her that other people don't see coming because they don't rate her as an Aristo. Um, you've got her in every game because nobody else picks her. Yo, yeah, true, true. Very, very true. Um. <laughs> And I've tried comboing her with other Aristos. Um, I've run her basically continuously with Hannibal for an entire event. Um, heck, I played in the in the most recent um, version of the global TTS. Um, I I had one of my matches this afternoon against an opponent from Japan, and I ran Shona again today just one more time before we had this conversation and I ran her with Hannibal because I think that's probably the best possible thing you can do with her right now to give her the extra dice and to give her the ability to use hit the blade an additional time after she's acted Mm -hmm. and I've got to be honest I, I I got thrashed and at least a decent part of why I got thrashed is that She's just awful. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, I could just insert five minutes of me weeping over <laughs> how bad Shona Carano is. I mean, if we, if you look at her, because I remember when she was released and looking at her card and thinking, I mean, her damage potential looks really good. I mean, broadsword, yeah. two automatic successes, it is just really solid. Mm-hmm. And the first time that I saw Amputate, we were like, oh, my word, that's so good. Someone can kill Max now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just looks good, but it just isn't. Um, no. I played her a couple of times. She's always been very disappointing. If 
I've ever played against there, I've just thought, oh, okay, it's Shona. Um, it's not Mushashi. It's not even Massacre, who I've been running a lot recently and finding mm -hmm. it's much better at killing than he looks and much better at killing than Shona. Well, uh, and, and it is a perfect example. Massacre is a perfect example of an Aristo who, if you run him with Hannibal, I would genuinely argue that he immediately steps up into the top tier. Like, he's competitive with all of the top-tier Aristos if Hannibal's on the team in yeah. a way that, like, a lot of others just don't step up in that same way. Yeah. Oh, my the, God. The, Shona is just shit. <laughs> should, should, we, uh, should we say why, then? Uh, and I'll let you run with this, because, again, you've played a lot more than me. You've put the effort into trying to get it to work. <sighs> so, so what is it about her that just isn't very good uh, and i think the very first stat on a card is certainly something to do with it yep uh, I, there aren't many aristos who are made or broken by their attributes but i've got to be honest that is what breaks shona almost more than anything else she's only initiative four which means she's outpaced by basically every other striker in the game um there is nothing stopping any other striker from going before her and simply putting her down. And the fact that her defense is only a blue and a yellow means that basically any other striker can put her down pretty much at will. She's yeah. only got four movement, which means that she doesn't have the range that she needs to be really reliable in terms of a melee restricted Aristo. And before anyone gets too excited about the fact that her attack has range two, the fact that her attack is only range two, it's not range one to two, it's range two to two, means that not only is she vulnerable to immobilization, but she, like obviously any melee Aristo can be, she's also vulnerable to dazzled and she's vulnerable to smoke. It's just shocking. She is so easy to shut down. But on top of all of that, she's got weak brawn, so she can't hold people in place. She's got weak evasion, so she can't get away if anybody pins her in place. It's just, it's the perfect storm of awful. <laughs> I think uh, I think she was designed to be quite damaging, uh, and I think they tried to balance that. And this is, you know, this is speculation. I've never done any game design. They, they sort of look like, we've put all this power on her attacks. Let's try and make sure she isn't too powerful elsewhere. Yeah. But that her lack of power elsewhere, I think, just means she doesn't really get to do that attack that much. It's not as scary as it looks like it should be. Um, yeah. I think also it's worth pointing out that uh, her two-power attack, Hit the Blade, is it, pretty useful for, for displacements. It's not very attacking despite being an attack because it's, it's got a green, orange, yellow. So, again, there's not a lot of stars. Um, you can't... Well, it's also like it requires two successes to displace your opponent and with an orange and a yellow getting two successes isn't that likely um you've got a less than 30 percent chance of getting two successes off of an orange and a yellow roll together it's that's just not good enough yeah and i think it makes uh, uh on ziggurat missions uh broadsword being two i mean it does mean she can she can displace people out uh although you know you've got a you've got to hit that special but she can't also get herself in whereas someone like you know mushashi or massacre will just move on to the ziggurat and attack the person there so they'll be there yeah. contesting it as well as attacking them which shona can't do um, and i think that's uh, that really hurts her as well mm -hmm. 
Um, I I just I I don't know if you were going to try and make Shona better. There are so many things you would need to improve before she became viable. Um, you'd need to do something about her wide range of vulnerabilities. Um, so either um, make some sort of modification, like maybe make Broadsword ignore smoke um, so that at least that didn't completely shut her down. Um, she she does have the ability to flip states, but unfortunately, because her defense is so poor, she's only really going to be able to do them on her attacks. Uh, and, and then she doesn't reliably get shields. Yeah, especially on broadsword. Yeah, I mean, she might do yeah. it on hit the blade, but then if you're doing hit the blade and trying to flip a, a token on yourself, you're not getting your other switches off as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, I mean, the ability. One of the best things about her is that she can state manage herself to a certain extent. Um, and there certainly have been situations where I've been able to hit the blade on an obstacle in order to um, flip state tokens on myself and maneuver into a position where I could drop a broadsword on a target, um, even when somebody thought they had me pinned down um, with uh, a an immobilized. Like, I've had her immobilized and dazzled and then be able to uh, displace herself with hit the blade um, and nevertheless um, get into range, flipping the dazzled and then pulling off a broadsword. And it's amazing when it fires, but the thing is, it's so unlikely to work that it can't, like those sorts of maneuvers can't be the things that that make an Aristo worthwhile. They need to be consistently good at something. And Shona just, she's just not. She's consistently bad at basically everything. Um, and on top of like on top of everything else, she her she needs to have higher defense, and possibly either higher initiative or higher movement. She needs either to be able to reliably survive basically any Aristo in the game attacking her, or she needs to be able to act before at least some of them. Right. Yeah. So I was going to say because I think you know the temptation is to to say right you make her initiative five. Uh, you improve her defense, maybe you improve her brawn as well, maybe you leave her agility because, you know, she's a sword fighter and wants to be hitting things and she does have defense at a distance, but if you improve all of those things, do you then make her a, a bit too good and a bit too reliable, or do you think, you know, initiative five, maybe green-yellow on defense, or maybe a green-blue? Okay, look, Most if, if, if she was initiative five and movement five, and she had green-blue on defense, and nothing else changed, I still don't think she'd be a top five choice. Uh, no, I, I think uh, a certain Mr. Miyamoto Mushashi would still be picked above her. Although, with those changes, maybe she gives you uh, a good option if you get counterpicked from, from, and you don't get to have Mushashi as because you know most people will try to get Mushashi in again. Yep, um, but right there, like if you made her initiative five, if you made her speed five, and you improved her defense to like the default green blue because there's more aristos with green blue defense than there are without it mm -hmm. uh, like if you just if you just set her to those default settings i think you would move her out of the bottom five and into like maybe that would boost her all the way into the top 10 but I don't, I don't think anyone, like, there's something V always says, um, and uh, he said it a few times on the forum, and it's that ultimately every Aristo should be overpowered. That's how the game should work. Everyone should be overpowered in their own way. Um, and that's what the balance of Aristea is intended to be. 
every time you look at an Aristo, there should be something that makes you go, oh my god, that's OP. Um, but it's balanced because everyone's like that. Yeah. At the moment, Shona doesn't have that. I mean, look, compare it to Le Gong, who has a longer range and the defensive smoke, and his attack is better than hers. Yeah. I mean, Le, Le Gong, I'm sure, come to as a slightly different argument. But <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, again, you know, as I said when we just started talking about it, that broadsword attack just looks so good. You know, two successes built in, no one else has got that. Um, mm. I know Le Gong, we've just discussed, got his crit success. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's just. Stakes are quite important in the game, and you're, you're very rarely going to come up against a list that doesn't have any stakes, and almost all of the stakes just really new to her. Um, yes. Okay, so what are we thinking? Higher initiative, higher defense, and higher High movement. That'd um, be me. Okay. Um, I mean, maybe maybe improve her um, evasion as well, or improve her brawn. Um, like one or the other should probably be better than like the base minimum, <laughs> that, which is what they are now. I think um, I'd improve her brawn. Um, I just think thematically, if you look at her, you know, she's this big, tough sword fighter. She's wants to be in melee. I don't think you need to improve her agility because you just, if you keep defense at a distance, she gets to do that and then walk away anyway. Um, I probably <laughs> wouldn't change her movement. Um, just because, uh, you know, if we think about Massacre and Mushashi, they can generally attack four or five away. Currently, she can attack six away, uh, yeah. notwithstanding what we've said about her states. But I definitely think her broad, her broad defense and initiative I would change. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think it's as simple as changing those things, and you'd immediately see a different a different uptake. And as I said, like there's, there's several Aristos who have a, um, an automatic ability where they just ignore smoke. It wouldn't be hard to drop a sentence into broadsword to say this attack ignores smoke. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Where I am on so there is a lot of it around at the moment, so I can I can see the benefit in that. Um, if you give her those other things, I don't know whether that possibly makes her too good, but um, she definitely needs something. I think. W would you just very quickly? We're not going to go through the cards. Would you change any of the cards, or do you think the cards are, are okay where they are? If you made those other changes to her, I think the cards are fine. Like I think the cards are fine. Again, um, like she definitely has better cards than Corey Queen. Um, and one of the things that I tried, like obviously, Amputate is pretty amazing. Whirlwind can be really good under the right circumstances, um, and so can Repost. Even Vigor, if you've got the right team build, can be really, really solid. Um, and one thing that I did try with her um, in my quest to make Shona Karano work um, was that I. Um, I ran her not just with Maximus, um, but with Maximus and also um, uh, Oberon. Maximus and Oberon. Oberon so she um, she could reliably pull her great tactics and Maximus to give her the ability to hit the blade again um, and the extra orange dice. Um, and even with those two Aristos supporting her, and I about never felt that she was more than all right. Yeah, Hannibal, not Maximus. Yeah, sorry, Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal and Oberon. Even with those two supporting her, I never felt she was more than all right. Um, and yeah, that's just 
dead. Yeah, I think uh, I think amputates a bit of a trap. I think uh, as soon as someone plays it, you just chuck so many cards into stopping it, which I, I guess it does draw cards out. Um, um, the reason I disagree with that, actually, and the one thing I think that it is actually good at, is what it's good for is, A, when she comes back from the bench, it allows her to move and then attack with amputate. Uh, okay, yeah, good point, yeah. And when, if you need to, it also gives her an option to move, move again, and then drop amputate, which means you can drop a surprisingly long-range attack. I mean, that, that gives her an effective range of 10, um, 8 movement, and then 2 range on the amputate. <laughs> so that can, again, be quite surprising and actually relatively effective. Um, and leaning into that sort of thing is is that's the sort of thing I have been doing when I have been trying to get the most out of her, and it just doesn't matter. Poor <laughs> <laughs> ah. show now. Okay, should we uh, should we move on to uh, to everyone's now second favorite werewolf? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, like, I feel like he's everyone's fifth favorite werewolf. In the same way that we're the fifth most popular Aristea podcast. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, I really, really want to like Mertair as well. Um, I've painted mine like Beast from X Men. Uh, I think he just looks so cool, but he is kind well, of. Why don't you? Good. Why don't you lead the conversation on this one? I feel like I've been talking enough, and I think you know Murtier a bit better than I do. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played him loads. I played him a, a fair few times when he first came out because I just thought he he looked really cool. And actually, I think when he first came out, he was probably a little bit better. You know, he was one of only sixteen Aristos, and and I think a number of the ones who've come out afterwards have surpassed him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the key thing with uh, Murtier, you look at him. And and you think, okay, he could be, you know, he's he's quite attacky. Uh, if he starts adjacent to someone, his bite is just really good. It's you know uh, an extra orange dice over what Shone has with two successes mm-hmm. built in. Although it does cost him five action points. Um, I think the real way to play him, and we've had some discussion with this on the Discord, is to think about him as a scorer first. Um, yeah. He is very mobile, super jump is a, a, a brilliant skill you know place yourself uh, within one to three no line of sight he's movement five so that does give him a, a huge distance to, that that he can cover um so you you want to get him into places where he's scoring and then just punish anyone who dares to come and stand next to you by threatening that bite um i think the the real issues that he has though is he's another one where i think they've made him quite attacking and given him poor defense now he does have five wounds which is is high very high you know mm. there's that many that have that but his blue black defense is junk um and you know any decent damage dealing aristo will probably take him out before he gets to go um and he is initiative three now he does have an asterisk on that uh there's only one other initiative three in the game which is gaia so that means mm-hmm everybody who wants to attack him will go before him generally. There's mm-hmm. a bonus to his initiative for having damage tokens on him. Um, and his cards kind of lean into that as well. But he, you know, if he's taken a couple of wounds to try and push his initiative up, he's then even easier to kill. Um, yeah. 
Uh, and really, you know, to get him into a point where he's definitely going to be going first, he probably wants to be initiative six. There's so many good initiative six aristos that will kill him before he gets to go. At that point, he's only on two wounds. So he's not in a, a good balance in place. And if you've got a good defensive aristo, he's really easy to pin down. Um, he can't yeah. he can't super jump if he's adjacent to somebody. His uh, agility is no, basically. You just can't go anywhere. Uh, you have to use cards. He, he's got one special on his agility. So if he wants to get away, uh, he could risk a claw swipe, um, a low hit and a shield and a, a special on a red and black dice isn't that reliable. So he's, he's not necessarily going to be able to displace his opponent away so that he can move. So he's mm. just very, very easy to pin down. And you know, like you were saying earlier, the game kind of leans into specialists and uh, I don't think he does his specialist thing well enough, which is attacking. Yeah, I agree. Um, when it, when I look at Murtia, um, the, the thing that, the thing that just makes me sad every time I consider him is how much you put into that bite attack, putting five energy into an attack and then you get red, orange, orange, and two two stars, two two hits, and it just it it's not worth it. It's not worth that investment. Um, there are there are better attacks than that in the game that don't cost that much. Yeah, it's one I think, like I said, it on card it looks really impressive, but yeah, five energy. And killing Aristos or, or removing them from, from the hexadome, we don't sort of kill them and knock them out or whatever the terminology mm-hmm. is, uh, it is strong. But ultimately, Aristera is mostly a game about positioning, about getting to places and having more of your people there than, than your opponent. And because he's so easy to pin down, he often can't do that. Um, and even when he's pinning his brawn, Although it's a green, which means you know he's one of the few people who might be able to keep Maximus in place, for example, uh, you're not going to stop most people getting away from you. No, that's the problem. Most Aristos, most Aristos who are good at evasion, will be getting multiple successes fairly reliably. Um, and sure, one one green, it can you can get you can get a crit success. Um, and that's great. And you can even you can get two shields. So that's that's a one in three chance of being a decent um, a decent brawn. But it's also got two blank faces on it. It's a one in three chance of literally nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and it's not great. Aristos that you mentioned will often have displacement effects anyway. So yeah, on top of everything else, even if he rolls his crit green, they very often still be like, "Yep, I'm like, I'm gone." Yeah. Um, uh, Mutia is another Aristo where I'd be making some fairly <laughs> substantial changes. Like, I, I, just just for a start off, I think his initiative just needs to be four. Um, I, I think if his if his base initiative was four, and then Fury worked exactly the way it does now, I think you would end up with an Aristo who um, would get competitive initiative earlier, and then at his peak initiative bonus, um, like he'd have a peak initiative of eight. And so when he was on his last hit point, he would be acting before any other Aristo in the game. And I think that would be good. 
I, I'd be tempted to bin Fury completely and just make him a flat initiative, probably five, um, so that he's a bit like our discussion with Shona, he's then still getting to act part of the time, just because I think it's extremely hard to play into a position where you're balancing the wounds on your Aristo. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear you, but a part of me wonders if maybe leaning into that harder might not be the better way to do it. I mean, I, I'd almost be tempted to say stick with the Fury modifier and instead of asking for extra action points from Bite, instead add a star to the attack for the amount of damage he's taken as well right? So Bite and Fury become synergistic with one another. So the lower his health gets, the more deadly he is in close, and the faster he acts. Like, that would be a genuinely frightening attack if he was on four damage, um, and he'd be getting it off before anyone else could act. Yeah. Part of me wonders whether that might push it to being too good. I mean, four successes on an attack uh, and giving you and you still have two action points to claw swipe or super jump away from whatever you kill. Sure, but he's got no way to deal damage to himself. So it's only going to fire under circumstances where your opponent allows you to set it up. But uh, yeah, I think, I guess your idea um, there that, you know, Bite gets extra stars for for every wound, um, it sort of punishes the enemy uh, uh, models if they kind of just fail to kill you. Mm, exactly. Um, if yeah, if someone falls one point short of killing you, they are going to die. Um, but I think that that's actually quite cool. <laughs> um, I, I'd also be changing claw swipe. I, I think that a, 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 rather than a red and an orange, it should maybe be something along the lines of a red, a blue, and a yellow, um, because then it would have a better chance of firing um, both of the switches, uh, like his default switch and the attack switch. Yeah, um, and it would make it, and it would differentiate it from bite. It would no longer be a pure damage attack, and it would become about doing other stuff to the enemy. Um, and but more importantly than everything else, and I think even if you ignored everything else and made just this one change, I would remove the restriction from super jump so that you could do it, even if you were adjacent to an enemy. If you remove that and you just allow Super Jump to be used whenever, wherever, under any circumstances, he can just bounce three hexes away. I think he instantly becomes a much, much better Aristo. Yeah, uh, I quite like Super Jump thematically. Um, I think my, my problem is it doesn't work very well in combination with all the other kind of shortfalls that we've talked about. Um, yeah, exactly. So I think if, if you kind of up them a bit, um, I think for me, I would probably just change into a, a flat initiative of five and lose Fury. Um, maybe, like you say, make Bite slightly better depending on the wounds that you've taken just for... for mm. um, because, yeah, put, putting five energy into an attack is, is very expensive. Um, mm. Okay. Do we want to say anything on the attack? Now, uh, as far as his cards are concerned, if you made Bite gain successes for his damage, it does then make Berserker Charge, where you can inflict damage on yourself to add successes to the roll. Amazing. So for a single attack in the game, Murtair would basically be able to delete any Aristo 
that exists currently, uh, up to and including Max, I'd argue. He can probably just point and click, remove Max. Well, yeah, but I the mean, thing is, if he had four, if you go with Bike gives you an extra star for every damage and you're on one health, so you're adding four and then three from Berserker Charge, or all of a sudden seven successes on Tor Roll, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, but the thing about it is there are already tactics that will instantly delete one Aristo off of the table. Like, there's several that'll delete multiple Aristos instantly, and those ones require a little bit more setup, but this one requires dealing damage to yourself, So, which I'd argue is at least some sort of investment, right? And, yeah. and I actually don't have a problem with a single tactic that has that sort of effect. Actually, there are better tactics than that. Just reading Berserker Charge, I don't think you could do it in that way because you inflict the damage to yourself before you make the roll. So if you inflicted more, you need to change the wording on it on Berserker Charge to, to make it more viable, I think, because you can, at the moment, you can inflict up to three to add that many successes, but you do it before the roll. So you can't inflict more than your wounds total. Otherwise, you're not going to get to do the attack. Yeah, but the if you um so if you already had one damage, sorry, you're on four health, and then you inflict three to yourself, oh. the automatic effect would kick in because the notice the effect on bite is would is add one to the roll um is an effect. If you keep it as an automatic effect, so it adds based on the amount of damage tokens you have in the effect like uh, when the action resolves, um it, it would work. Uh, it can be made to work without changing Berserker Charge. <laughs> I mean, it effectively means Berserker Charge just gets to double that because if you're doing a wound and, and that adds a star and the car adds a star. Uh, but yeah. that, like you say, it only works for one attack. And um, you know, Legong currently just deletes Aristos with every activation. And there's now multiple cards that automatically cancel an attack. Yeah. That just make an attack do nothing. So, you know. I quite like the rest of his cards as well, Mertere. Uh, I think he has a strong suite of cards to play into him. I really like Quenched. I really like the idea of running uh, Legon for Faded in Smoke, Massacre for Epic Regeneration, and Mertere for Quenched. So you've just got three Aristos who have cards that are just like, nope, I'm not dead. Well, and add, um, what's his name? Was Saved by the Bell. Um, Axel. Yes. <laughs> that would actually be a funny team. Frustrating to play against, but funny. Yeah, it just shifts all, all the mass. Okay, so that that's Mater. Hopefully, he'll get some love because I, I thematically, I just think he's awesome. But he, yeah, he just doesn't play that well in the hexadome. Okay, let's mm. let's move on to our next one then. That is uh, Hippolyta. Um, yeah. So when I first saw this box set released, uh, her and Axel, I can't remember the name of the box set now. Uh, do you remember it? What it was called? Something about lovers. Heartless. Reckless hearts. Reckless hearts. Yep. Yes. There you go. So when it was released, I looked at Axel and I thought, yeah, well, he's okay. I looked at Hippolyta and I thought, oh my God, she's really good. Um, mm-hmm. I, as we were discussing before the episode started recording, um, the the Spanish meta seemed to lean really heavily into high initiative characters. And that's something that I found myself doing as well. Um, it's part of the reason I like Bill and Mushashi, apart from the fact they're just really good. Um, mm-hmm. 
is that high initiative can often give you a lot of control. I, I particularly like it for getting cards off. Sometimes you'll have cards that you want to play that any Aristo can play. Um, and mm -hmm. if you've got high initiative, that can be quite important. So I looked at Hippo and I just thought, yeah, she's, she looks really, really solid. Uh, boosted reflexes is really good. Amazon Wedge, uh, one of her tactics cards, I think is probably up there with one of the best tactics in the game. I think it's it's fantastic. I agree. But I've played her quite a few times now, probably maybe half a dozen times. One game where she was just brilliant because boosted, uh, sorry, not boosted reflexes, her, her switch to add initiative onto my other characters was amazing. I was playing someone where we had uh, all four Aristos were like the same initiative. I, I can't remember what they were now. And every time we flipped, we were flipping ones with the same initiative. And I was like, great, I've got an initiative boost. I get to go first. So she was really yeah. impressive in that one game. But every other game, I've just found her kind of super underwhelming. Her attack is okay, but not great. Her mm -hmm. stats outside of her defense are pretty awful. Um, she's just very meh. She, she doesn't perform like I think she should based on the card. When it comes to her attributes, I think it's really interesting that other than defense, her attributes are identical to Shona Karano's. And how interesting it is that we're talking about another Malia Aristo with pretty much the same set of attributes, who's also that best average. Yeah, I think Hippo probably uh, brings a bit more to the team than Shona, just because of her. I would agree. But, um, but yeah, she's, she's... I mean... Generally, uh, you know, I tend to activate late with her. Uh, mm -hmm. So a bit, a bit like Laxmi, I think you want to go towards the end of the first round to set up your second round. Uh, and Inspire is 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 really good. It's pretty easy to hit your switch off. You can reliably go into the second round with bonus initiatives on, on all of your Aristos. Yeah. Uh, but unlike Laxmi, after that, she's kind of less important i think uh and i think what her, one of her abilities we're going to talk about in a moment we're going to compare that to laxmi's um so yeah how, how do we make a better well i mean for like just as a, as a at a stroke she for some reason she's been given a negative automatic ability shutdown leader removes all of the initiative modifiers from your allies the instant Hippolyta goes to the infirmary. And it's just, why? Why is that necessary? Smoke stays on the field. Oh, I would get All other status fakes stay on the field. The yeah. only thing that goes away is marked. And even then, uh, like even if it didn't go away, it wouldn't do anything. Yeah, taunted, you mean, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, Mark. Uh, yeah, taunted. Yeah. Um, I mean, taunted can in corner case situations do things you know there's some cards that that do things per token you've got on you and massacre for example gets a bonus if you're taunted regardless who you're taunted by mm. uh, but yeah it's quite corner case yeah I, I agree i think i would i would get rid of shot down the leader as i was just saying if you compare it to fairy dust on laxmi she doesn't need mm. to be in the hexadome for that to benefit um, yeah it's hilarious you just mentioned smoke, actually, and this is one that is very often played wrongly. And I know this because until a few months ago, I played it wrongly myself as well. But when a character who has put smoke down, so say Cosmo, if they're killed, smoke does not disappear immediately, listeners. It stays yep. until the next time that they would activate. 
So if, uh, let's say, Cosmo goes, puts out smoke, then gets taken off the board, if they don't activate until the final position of the next round, the smoke will stay on the on the hex dome until that point. Which kind of thematically, I guess, makes sense. Smoke doesn't just disappear when uh, when the person who put it there passes away uh, and gets taken out. But um, that is a very common mistake. So so worth pointing out because I did it myself for a long time. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth keeping in mind. And I just it just doesn't seem necessary. I mean, sure, initiative bonuses are good. And I think the problem is especially because the Spanish meta sees high initiative as basically the most important thing on any Aristo. Um, it's the first thing that they look at. Um, and I, I've seen that from the pick rates in the Spanish meta, um, and I've seen that from um, the, the games I've had against Spanish players on TTS, um, and, and in conversation with people who are playing in Spain. It's very much an acknowledged fact that initiative is seen as one certainly one of the if not the single most important thing on any aristo and i think in that context it makes sense that when hippolyta was being designed um there was a focus on making sure that her initiative bonuses didn't get out of hand so to speak um and end up having too much of an impact on the game but the problem is that between shutdown leader and her otherwise lackluster performance at every other aspect of the game Hippolyta ends up just not being good enough, just kind of at anything. Yeah, she's. I think her defense is, is all right. She's sort of tanky, um, but well, only very kind of. She, she doesn't have the brawn to to, to back it up. Um, yeah, I, and she's not offering enough of a physical threat. Like her damage output from Mermit and Steel is middling at best. Yeah, the the nice thing is, you know, leaning into that state thing, it does put a negative bonus on on. You know, an enemy model because um, mm. that's an auto thing. You don't need anything for that. As soon as you've declared Myrmidon Steel, they are minus two initiative. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, she needs to get into position to to do it. Um, and I think you talked about the pick rates. Obviously, Hippolyta is relatively new Aristo. Uh, I mean, there's only the the double trouble box that's come out since her box. Um, mm. But Axel has been picked way more than her. Um, the Over rate. double her pick rate. Over yeah. double. Um, so she is definitely already lagging behind um, mm. in terms of, of her abilities. Uh, what do you think she would need just to kind of push her up a bit, make her more viable then? Uh, apart from, and I think I agree with you, get rid of shutdown leader. I don't think it needs to be there. Um, sure. Yeah, I think that's the step, like that's the most important step. I think ditch that and it already makes a fairly significant difference. Um, in her case, I think it really is. I think she should. we should be leaning more into her as a decent tank. Um, and I think I would consider giving her an improved brawn and an improved agility um, so that she could lean into that tankiness a little bit more heavily. Um, I think that would make all of the difference in the world actually. Hmm. I think uh, I think you and I think about tanks, uh, and I know you did uh, um, an episode on tanks with uh, with Andrew. Uh, for me, for, for tanks, I just want good health and, and good uh, good defense. I don't really think about kind of brawn and stuff, but yeah, hold, holding people in place, I guess. Um, I yeah, if you, you changed both of those to make 
both her brawn and her agility um, into a blue and an orange. So they're both a blue and an orange. She would be able to hold people in place much better um, with her brawn because obviously an orange um, is actually quite good in terms of generating blocks as well. Um, and her agility would immediately become better and it would more reliably put out um, bonuses if, um, if if that was relevant. Um I think it would. I think just improving those two things and getting rid of shot down leader would make a big difference to how how playable she was. Mm. I, w- I wonder whether she might become too reliable at hitting a switch if if you did that on both of them. That would be my only slight concern. I think you know you'd need to test that out. Um, mm. I don't think I'd change her attack. Um, I think her attack's okay. I don't think it's meant to be an amazing. I don't think it's meant to be a a, a high damaging attack, no. and it's it's fine, right? It's it's a it's it's an equivalent sort of attack to the sorts of things that we see on the likes of, um, like Cosmo, for example, has a very equivalent sort of attack. Much better switch, but um, fine. This is giving an automatic penalty to initiative, and that is good, right? I, like I don't I don't want to underrate that. Um, I think the problem's not Myrmidon Steel in and of itself. I think the problem is her ability to get there to deliver that attack combined with um, it, it just an overall lackluster performance when you consider anything other than her initiative modification. Yeah, and I I don't, like I said, find that initiative modifier to kind of plays in that much. I think mm. when I first saw her, I was thinking, uh, you know, that that's just a way to turn all these kind of aristos who have either maybe initiative five or four, you can just all of a sudden make them super viable. Um, mm. But that still is only kind of taking them up to the level of, of a lot of the aristos that get picked a lot. You know, Gata, Axel, they're, they're still seven. Bill Mushashi is six. So it, it's she almost favours being played with those aristos that are already high initiative just to make sure mm. you put them even higher. Mind you, I we don't see her getting used for that a lot. So I no, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I think um again, thinking about the specialisms, she uh doesn't she's good at paying out initiatives, but she just doesn't do a lot. So she she doesn't lean into that specialism enough because of shot down leader. Mm. Yeah. Uh yeah, maybe if her um yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's just... I I feel like the thing that she is almost good at is doing some tanking. And I feel like if we leaned into that a little bit more and improved her ability to do that a little while removing shot down leader, I think she would, I think she would become better. Um, I don't know, actually, if that would be enough. Mm. Um, her tactic would be something. I think uh, her tactic cards are, are very, very good. She has a good suite of tactics cards, but obviously with tactics, you're only getting two of them, maybe three mm. if you play TCOM. Um, but generally, you're only getting two, so that's only two times a game, and that's if you get them both, and you know you don't always get to your deck. There's no control over that. So mm-hmm. I, as much as I love Amazon Wedge, I think it's such a fantastic card. Um, putting stunned on. Uh, you know the range one to six means you can generally stun an entire enemy's team. Uh, mm. 
kind of oppressive, but it's just yeah. enough to make her worth taking, in my opinion, at the moment. No, I agree. It, it's just, it's not enough. Um, tactics almost are almost never enough to justify an otherwise questionable Aristo. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's go on to our last slightly below the curve uh, Aristo then, which is Bichet, and talk about why she's just not Gatta. I think that's the biggest problem, is that she, <laughs> she's trying to be an alternative to Gatta, and she is not. Um, she's not an alternative to Gatta. Suite of powers kind of bring her up enough to, to make that uh, a difference. So... Um, Are we going to pander to our American friends just once and call her Bixie? Well, until uh, I'd heard you pronounce it correctly on a previous episode of this podcast, I always called her Bixie as well. Um, <laughs> so, you know, every day is a school day. It is Bichet. Uh, um, yeah, um, I, I, to be fair, I, I teach some students who are Chinese and um, I asked them to tell me what the appropriate pronunciation would be. And they were like, no, no, that's definitely Bichet. Stop. Stop doing that horrible thing that you're doing with your voice, Mr. Farley. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but fortunately, you don't need to pronounce it very often because she doesn't get picked all that often. Well, um, that's the thing. Um, uh, again, Bichet is another one that I'll come out to bat for. Um, I think that she is better than people give her credit for um, because I think that a lot of people look at her, notice her overall abilities, think, hmm, that looks kind of interesting, then realize she only has three energy and stop considering her full stop. Yeah. Um, I So a couple of tournaments ago, I did uh my eight was no base game characters because i think a lot of the base game characters are still top picks still some of the yep. best characters in the game so i wanted to kind of try some other ones and i, I took big shay and she was kind of okay um i played her in blitz against yourself and she was really good because i got hannibal to make her move up and then i just came and stole a zone like right next to you so yep. that was really good um, but then she died to like dark because that's Big Bichet's biggest weakness is she's so easy to kill. And when mm. she comes back, she is useless, more or less. It's certainly true that an initiative penal, uh, sorry, that an energy penalty on an already energy starved Aristo is a problem. Yeah. And I think that probably step one to improving. Bichet would probably be to look at giving her some ability to manage her own states um, so that she could help so that she could start mitigating that sooner yeah because um, she comes back um, you know maybe you accept that first turn when she comes back into the hexadome okay fine she's not going to do a lot Um Hello. I haven't played that much on Safe Traders. I think Safe Traders has more block spaces next to Ziggurats, so I wonder whether it might be a bit better on that map. But yeah, yeah. Um, the the repositioning of the block spaces on the Safe Traders certainly helps her. Um, I have played her on there, um, and it does make a big difference. Um, she the the fact that a lot of her ability, um, like a lot of her ability to move around the hexadome is based around um, domu's gift and leaning into that is it means that 
Safe Traders makes a big um, a, a big deal for her. And obviously she works well with Hannibal, right? Um, any any Aristo who can move off of an in the off turn um, is is going to significantly benefit um, from him. Um, and she can also fire her attack. I think part of the problem and where I think I have had better use out of her than I have seen a lot of other people is that generally speaking, I see people leaning into Domu's gift to simply move her around with that and relying on the block spaces to bounce around. <laughs> Whereas Celestial Wind is actually really, really good. Um, it, it, it's, it can functionally move you eight, um, eight hexes. Um, as long as you get a single success and a single special result, you can move eight hexes. Um, and again, people forget that you can target, um, obstacles as well as enemy aristos with these things. Um, and I think with Celestial Wind and Domu's Gift together, she can be a lot more mobile than people give her credit for. Yeah. I mean, is she... If she is, let's say, six away from uh, a obstacle or an enemy, you know, she attacks them, she hits the switch, she jumps to the space behind them because it's adjacent, mm-hmm. so that's seven, and then she targets a block space three away and jumps to the other side of that, that's four. So she's got an 11 hex potential move, which is um, very high. Um, you're in the whims of the dice gods then, no, and, you know, sometimes they will just say no. <laughs> True, though to be fair, um, with a with an orange, a blue, and a yellow, getting a single success and a single special is very likely. Um, yeah. The chances of Celestial Wind failing to move Biche across the table is very, very small. And sure, sometimes it'll sometimes it'll fail, um, but there's lots of things that can fail sometimes. Um, and I I think that the fact that she can. Under ideal circumstances, she can go further than uh, she. Yeah, under ideal circumstances, she can go. She she can go further than um, even Garter. Um, I think I think that's that's good, right? That's that's solid. Yes, yeah, and I think as well, guided by Spirit, her tactics card that allows you to ignore line of sight means you can all of a sudden make Celestial Wind get you from, you know a position that the enemy just was not expecting your opponent's like okay pixie's there maybe she jumps there jumps there jumps there and all of a sudden well i'm going to target that that's through a block space that i can now see and i'm going to jump all the way over to here yeah um now i do think that there are things about bichet that should be improved and the first one is really simple and really obvious um on celestial wind there is a switch for three shields to, which gives you an action point and i think that should be dropped to two um i think that that one small change would almost instantly make her a lot more viable mm-hmm. um and the other thing i think actually is she hasn't she has an ability that virtually never gets used which allows her to place the marked state emperor's light and i think that should be read I think it should be red one to four, and she should be able to mark people from the other side of walls and then celestial wind across to them. Okay. Which, if you change that switch as well, so that uh, it becomes 
two shields, she can potentially Celestial Wind, Emperor's Light, and then Domu's Gift afterwards. Yeah, it becomes it, yeah, getting an extra action point becomes a not terribly unlikely outcome off of an orange and a blue and a yellow. It still wouldn't be, it would be uh, somewhere in the 60% range um, to get two shields. Um, so, you know, it wouldn't be super reliable, but she'd get it a reasonable amount of the time. Um, and yeah, she'd be able to, with her three energy, she'd be able to drop Emperor's Light on a target use Celestial Wind to jump behind that target, and then use Domu's Gift to jump away from that target, and, and and be able to very reliably get herself out of basically any position on the table. Um, and that's the sort of mobility you want to see from an Aristo like this. Yeah, thematically as well, that is kind of what she's supposed to be doing, right? Jumping all over the place with uh, her yeah. kind of robotic legs. Um, exactly. Idea on Celestial Wind as well. If you drop it to two shields... Because I think my biggest issue with Vichet is first turn she comes back after being taken out, she's kind of ineffective. But most Aristos do find themselves in that position. That absolutely, uh, they're they're restricted somehow. You know, most can just take a move so they can get somewhere. But mm. you know, unless you're playing zig ziggurat scenarios, you're not getting into a scoring zone with with them. Um, but what really hurts with her is is she feels very new to the turn after that as well. So, you know, she's very easy to take out, very easy to kill. Although I did have a game where I shot her with Wild Bill and she killed Wild Bill on a defense roll from full health, which was mm-hmm. spectacular. But again, that's just, <laughs> sometimes yeah. dice will do that and there were cards involved uh, as well. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah, if if you change that switch, I like that idea a lot actually, because you know with two blue and a yellow and an orange, you've got shields on all of those dice. A blue's got a double shield on a six, so exactly just stops her being ineffective for two turns in a row, which is is what I find is the problem. You you basically yeah. you want, uh, and I'm not even going to pr- try to pronounce this, the the benediction card that l- allows you to displace yourself and gain an action point. If you don't, oh no, that one's easy. It's Zurong, and I know that because it's a unit in Infinity. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So Bennett, yeah. If it feels like if she's taken out, if you don't have that card in your hand already, she's just kind of meh. So uh, yeah. I like the idea of changing that switch on Celestial Wind actually, because um, mm. I, I still think she should probably be vulnerable to dying because she's so easy to just get to places. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, she's she's one health more than Garter, and she's got the same defense as Garter. Though admittedly, Garter's defense gets slightly better if you're at point blank range. But like, uh, Bichet synergizes so well with the other um, with the other uh, uh, Yujing smoke users that like, if you're not using her with people that throw smoke, you're probably doing it wrong. Um, like, if you if you the instant you co- combo her with um cosmo she just she gets a lot a lot better <laughs> yeah i wonder it, uh, maybe it would be too powerful but just changing her attacks to be red rather than than black line of sight anyway so she could just have that ability to kind of spring at you from nowhere I think I think doing that to Celestial Wind would probably be too much. But I think making Emperor's Light red so that she can mark someone from behind a barrier or behind another Aristo, and then use Celestial Wind to jump to them. I think that I think that that's that's the right combo. 
Um, and maybe Domu's gift should be read as well. It wouldn't make a huge difference to it most of the time, but occasionally it would. And I think on those rare occasions when the difference between Black 1 to 3 for Domu's gift and Red 1 to 3 for Domu's gift made a difference, it would help. It would be another little boost to Bichet. Um, yeah. Okie dokie. Any, anything else on Bichet before we wrap it up? Um, no, not really. I, it's funny. I think when I see her used, I see Feng Shui used quite a lot um, with her. And I just don't, I don't think it's the right call. I think Benediction of Zhurong is just so strong that you just need to take it every time. Because an action point plus a displacement is just great, even though it's restricted to Bichet. Yeah, I think that's that's the auto take. Uh, I generally take guided by spirits with a name. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I I think that you're I think you're making the right choice there. I think guided by spirits is the stronger pick. And even but the thing is, even if you did have Emperor's Light and Domu's Gift is already read, like it, it, so it was only affecting um, Celestial Wind, it would still be a really strong tactic, and I still think it would be the right second pick for her. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Feng Shui, uh, I, it has been useful occasionally, you know, when you just can't quite get to a zone. It's quite good for those scenarios if you need to get from one side of the hexstone all the way to the other. But I think it's too situational. Um, a, a, a very, very elegant thing that you can do with it is if you combine it with Gaia, you can then wall up entire teams. But shh, don't tell anybody. Yes, yeah, that's um, uh, it. Does it requires a, a couple of activations, obviously, but can be uh, it can be frustrating. I've been using Gaia a bit recently to to irritate people with. Um, but yeah, I I like you. I think I mean I think Big Shay is probably the best of the Aristos that we've talked about today. Mm. I've played that and had some success with that, and I've had her played against me and seen her be successful. But I think she's just not quite reliably successful enough, which is why other Aristos will, will get picked. Um, mm. I think it was designed to be an option for if she didn't get Gata. I think most tournaments that um, that we've played in certainly use Lavin or some version of Lavin. Um, so obviously only one of you can get Gata. And I think she was designed so that, okay, you've got Gata, but if you've got Gata, then I'll just take Bichet instead. But that hasn't happened. People aren't really picking her. I think they're going, okay, well, you've got Gata, so I'll just try and take someone to kill you. Or Well, or just take Miyamoto Mushashi, who's basically as mobile as Gata, plus one of the killeriest Aristos in the game. But, you know. We'll come to him next time, I think. Yeah, exactly. Is he in the top five Aristos? I'm not sure. No, uh, I, I think I think he should be, even if he's not. <laughs> he definitely is. Uh, he yeah. he has the highest pick rate of of any Aristo, and even if you account for the fact that you know he's been around the longest, he's still a couple of percentages above anyone else in the base game. So. It's insane. Okay, just just for context, like a couple of the other Aristos that we've been talking about have pick rates under two percent. So the fact that Mushashi's pick rate is up to 2% higher than anyone else is just insane. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and for some context, these are uh, the statistics that, that we're talking about, uh, again, from the Spanish Meta, but they're from December 2018. So they're, they're over 18 months with statistics, thousands and thousands of, of games that are included yeah. in here. So Bichet, who we're talking about now, her pick rate is 1.3%. Uh, yeah. And, you know, she's been out for, for quite a while. Um, and Mushashi's up on 7, 7 point something? 8.2. 8.2. Wow. Yeah, okay. That's just crazy. We'll come to him next time, listeners. Okay, yeah. so I think, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, hopefully awesome. we've given some people some ideas on how you can use the, these Aristos. You know, uh, as we said at the start of the show, the game's in a pretty good place, barring probably Shona. Nobody yeah. is completely junk. Everyone does have a place and they do have some tricks, so hopefully we've illuminated some of those. But we think that all these Aristos could just do with uh, a little bit of love just to, to bring them up a little bit and, and make them more viable and, in particular, reliable choices, I think. Indeed. Okay, so uh, we will be back again to talk about the top five Aristos uh, next time. So I awesome. hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks very much for your time, Jason. Thank you, and uh, have a great one. Yeah, you too. Bye, folks. Bye-bye.